Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I am Leighton Samuels. I am Leighton Schlanger, and we're not done. We're not done yet. <laughs> I mean, we, have, we haven't even started yet. No, I'm not talking about the podcast, you, you dumb, you stupid man. You're a stupid man. Yeah, so are you. Um, I am talking about the fantasy football week and the football week itself because we still have a Baltimore-Dallas game tonight. Uh, that will close out the game. And there's still probably plenty of games with still with things on the line. I know a lot of people are still starting Lamar Jackson, um, especially against Dallas. A lot of people still have to start Zeke Elliott because they do not have a better option. But uh, well, <laughs> they, might, they might actually have a better option. I know I started David Montgomery over Zeke Elliott. And I also started Devontae Booker and Austin Eckler. That was I started three running backs over over Zeke Elliott in one of my leagues. I'm doing whatever I can to not start Ezekiel Elliott against Baltimore. Well, it's too late now, honestly. Um, you should have given that advice on Friday. I did. I literally gave that advice on Friday. But I don't pay attention. I disappear for the whole weekend, and I reappear for this. So um, I just, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want, and you can say whatever you want, because I honestly will not remember. That is... That's fine. That's good because I'm about to I'm about to tear you apart. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's right. We're going to go into the segment Schlanger is wrong. What? No, hold on. Hold on, bro. You cannot just steal my segment. That is my segment. I do that segment. I came up with that segment. I was the genius behind that segment. You can't just take my segment. Well, um, I, then how about we just dive right into the flex plays? Do you want to talk about Benny Snell? No, I don't want to talk about Benny Snell because I was... Because I was wrong. I was wrong. Fine. You know what? I'm not going to let you say it. I can say it. I was wrong about Benny Snell. James Conner didn't play, and Benny Snell still only got you three fantasy points. And, like, I, you know, it's the way, honestly, honestly, if, if, I, if I may interrupt you here, um, this is what I was worried about is the run game against Washington. I said that on Friday that I was worried about the run game against Washington. Uh, Pittsburgh's been struggling with their run game to at least reach the ceiling of their run game, both for Connor and for Snell. Uh, both have been decent floors, but not even really. So I was, yeah, I was worried about Pittsburgh's uh, running game, which is why I was more in on their passing game. But, up oh, and here's the thing, Samuels is wrong. Chase Claypool only got 5.8 fantasy points. So there, each of us had a flex play that went into the garbage section. <laughs> well, I, yes, yes. Admittedly, I was wrong about Chase Claypool, but I only called Chase Claypool because Deontay Johnson was not eligible for our segment. I wanted to, I, I even said I would have rather had uh, Deontay Johnson in that spot, but Chase Claypool was the only one who qualified. And yeah, yeah, it was a real bummer. We'll go over uh, the Steelers passing game a little bit more in depth in a second. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. We, we had some bad flex plays, but guess what? Jonathan Taylor, I called this one 22.5 fantasy points for Jonathan Taylor. And I said I was absolutely thrilled that he qualified because there was no way, no way he was going to have a dud game against the Houston Texans. And boy, did he pay dividends. I even, I even mentioned Naheem Hines talking about running backs, saying that Naheem Hines would probably have a good game against the Texans. Naheem Hines got 12.2 fantasy points, getting you a decent day if you used him in the flex spot. General rule moving forward. This is my analysis for this. Start your running backs against the Houston Texans. Just do it. 
and we don't have much time left in the season. You know if you're facing the Houston Texans. I know Derrick Henry gets him, and oh, you could vault. But, um, <laughs> oh, you could vault nothing. He was your pick for MVP. Why are you complaining about that? Because I am also a Texans fan, and I do not want to, <laughs> I don't want to watch Derrick Henry absolutely annihilate my Houston Texans. Um, regarding Jonathan Taylor, I'm excited about him over the next two weeks uh, against the Raiders and the Texans. Yes, he gets the Texans again. Uh, I still would not trust him in week 16 against Pittsburgh. Jonathan Taylor has been really matchup dependent. I want to actually stop you right now uh, for, for a quick... Hold on. We're, we're not even... We haven't even gotten to the main section. We haven't done the drop. We haven't done anything. Can you, can you like hold off for just a second? Fine. All right. But I will... I'm going to lead off. Uh, after the drop with 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 a new with a with a fun fact oh fine fine you can you can do whatever you want I just want to get through the flex plays real quick is that okay with you yes that is don't don't talk down to me bro I will end you <laughs> fine end me um Debo Samuel 13.6 fantasy points this game like not a bad not actually not a bad call as far as a flex play goes I was expecting a little bit more from him the only problem and the only issue was I was sweating balls after <laughs> you just sounded like me. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, I was sweating uh, after that first half when I believe Debo Samuel had exactly one target with zero receptions. They finally got him going in the second half. Uh, like it was it was not looking that the, the offense just wasn't looking great. Um, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk was having a good first half. He ended up putting up 20.5 fantasy points over the course of the game. We, we know it's going to be one of these guys each week. It might be tough to predict which one. Um, also, we've heard some decent news about George Kittle coming back, maybe in week 16, which could be huge for your fantasy playoffs, maybe even in week 15. That would be, that might be a stretch, but keep an eye on all of this. Debo Samuel, though, as far as a flex call goes, not bad. 13.6. I have done worse. Now, I want to get to your fun fact. Thank you, bro. So, let's go ahead and hit that drop so we can get into the main section. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. Fun facts with Schlanger. That's right. I just made my own theme song. That's that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, it's too bad it's what you signed up for. Fun facts with Schlanger. I've, I wanted to bring this up because we, when we were talking about Jonathan Taylor, because this does involve an a Indianapolis Colts player. But it's not Jonathan Taylor. It is T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, uh, who was not one of our flex plays. T.Y. Hilton got you 25 fantasy points this this past week and I just want to go into a little bit of a deep dive because this might be one of my favorite stats that I have ever looked up um this was a really fun one you don't look up stats I look up stats well this was my favorite stat that you have looked up for me okay so T.Y. Hilton on his career averages 13.9 fantasy points per game that's that's pretty good it's certainly respectable. It's not amazing. The light is seeing as the likes of Julio Jones, like Calvin Johnson, that legend, uh, average 18, point, uh, 18 fantasy points per game. Tyreek Hill averages around 17. Like, that's where you get into the elite status. What's crazy is in 17 career regular season games against specifically the Houston Texans, 
T.Y. Hilton is averaging over 19 fantasy points per game. He's a Texan killer. He just kills the Texans every single time, and it's really crazy. The best part is, after this 25-point fantasy game, he does play the Texans again in two weeks, like we said for Jonathan Taylor. And so if you look at those games year by year since he played the Texans twice, he typically has a great game versus the Texans and then a mediocre game versus the Texans. But there were a couple years where he had two great games against the Texans. And could this be one of those years? I don't know. It could be. And these have been fun facts with Schlenger. <laughs> that is, I honestly, if I were to venture to guess, I think he comes back down to earth in two weeks against the Texans based on the season that he's had. I don't know if he has another 25-point fantasy point game against the Texans, but hey, the Texans' defense is so bad. Who knows? I want to jump in. Uh, we're, we're going to be actually going through uh, our, our other format where we do running back notes and then wide receiver notes with a couple of other notes. But I do want to start with the biggest upset of the week. Washington football team upsets the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, that is, that is pure football magic that that's that's not necessarily fantasy magic but there is some fantasy magic that goes along with that game so i wanted to cover that game as much as possible uh do you want to get this thing started i do i do it was it was a it was a fun game like i loved watching a team from the nfc east absolutely like manhand they didn't manhandle the pittsburgh steelers no but like in that fourth quarter they did they absolutely did in that fourth quarter and, like, just ruin a perfect season. The worst division in the league ruins the perfect season. And Pittsburgh, man, they, they could have done it, too. They could have done it. And they don't really have an excuse. Because you could say, like, oh, they were tired. They got screwed over last week because of the COVID and everything. But, like, they, you only have three days to prepare between a Sunday and a Thursday game. And, they, and the teams do that every year, at least once a year. They had four days to prepare between their last game on Wednesday against Baltimore and this game against Washington. That is a whole extra day than normal. So that is, you can't even use that excuse, Pittsburgh. Like, you just screwed the pooch against Washington. And like, that just, like, and, and again, to get into the fantasy analysis of this, we are looking at Ben Roethlisberger once again reaching his high floor, but never making a ceiling. The guy threw the ball 53 times. That's two more than, than the, the number of times he threw against Baltimore. And he still could not reach elite fantasy numbers. He only got 18.2 fantasy points, which is, I say only. Like, that's still good. He doesn't ruin your week. But if you're throwing the ball 53 times and you can't reach 20 fantasy points, that's, that, Ben Roethlisberger is officially, and I will continue to say it, he is a high floor, low ceiling option at quarterback. And for quarterback, you want that high ceiling. I couldn't agree more. That was my point last week with Ben Roethlisberger, not yours. Um, well, I stole it because I can. You you steal everything that I do. So um, whatever. I'll keep going with it. We t said we were going to talk about the pass catchers, and here we go. Uh, Deontay Johnson led the team with 21.1 fantasy points on 12 targets, leading the team in targets. Um, leading the team in yards, though, was James Washington. He got 16 fantasy points because of that nice long touchdown. He only had four targets. Eric Ebron, of course, 
model of consistency, 11 targets, uh, 13.8 fantasy points. And then Juju, 10 targets, 9.8 fantasy points. And we talked about Chase Claypool bringing up the rear with 5.8 fantasy points. So once again, in just the same as last week, we had four pass catchers that this week almost, but 9.8 is pretty close, double-digit fantasy points. That's a lot, that is a high floor across the board for these pass catchers. The only difference is this week it was James Washington instead of Chase Claypool, which is a bummer for, for all of you that decided to listen to my fantasy advice. But this does still tell us something moving forward, and that is, like, I honestly think Eric Ebron is going to be a model of consistency among a group of inconsistent tight ends in the NFL this season. I think I think you can trust Eric Ebron throughout the rest of the season. Ben Roethlisberger trusts him. I think Deontay Johnson is the best option to start every single week, but Juju is actually proving that he has a half-decent floor. 10 targets is not bad. It's actually an anomaly that he got 10 targets and did not reach the double-digit fantasy point threshold. So a lot of confidence going forward with these uh, with these Steelers pass catchers. Um, do you want to talk about the, the Washington football team? I do. I sure want to kick it off with Logan Thomas, their top point getter with 24.8 fantasy points. We were talking about this guy weeks ago, months ago even. Like, he was getting so many targets early in the season from Dwayne Haskins. And like, is this it? Did Logan Thomas finally break out? Like, is he finally going to be consistent? I don't think so, personally. I think this was more of a matter of the Steelers making it a point to shut down Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin only gets 3.4 fantasy points uh, in this game. Alex Smith has made a career of passing to running backs and tight ends. So maybe, maybe this pans out. Maybe Logan Thomas is now Alex Smith's tight end go-to guy. Um, But I still think this offense will run through McLaurin moving forward. That said... Uh, just like we like Terry McLaurin's schedule moving forward after this week, we like Logan Thomas's schedule. He might be someone to look at if you are needy at tight end. Now, I'm really glad you brought up Alex Smith and his penchant for, is that how you pronounce that? I think so. And his penchant for, uh, for passing to tight ends and running backs because it took an Antonio Gibson injury, which I'm, you know, I never root for these things. Is a young rookie. I know I've been. I know I've been kind of ragging on him all season. I, I really hope he gets healthy. Turf toe is unfortunately an issue that can take a little bit of time for running backs to move past. Not like a lot of time. It might take him a couple weeks. Uh, but I hope he can get back onto the field soon. But what this does mean is J.D. McKissick, seventeen point eight fantasy points. He did J.D. McKissick things. He ain't gonna run the ball a lot. He only got eight yards on the ground. But Alex Smith loves, loves to dump off the ball, and J.D. McKissick feasted. He caught all 10 of his targets. He will be a PPR monster moving forward for as long as Antonio Gibson is out. Now, moving on to our notes from other games. Running back, David Montgomery. I brought him up earlier. I am so, so, so happy I started him over Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, 27.1 fantasy points. This, this is why he was one of my favorite trade targets moving down the stretch. And this is why I would not stop talking about him a few weeks ago. This is his second game in a row with 25 plus fantasy points. And the team knows he's one of their best weapons. He's used in the passing game. He catching all four of his targets on this one. Like this is a guy who is getting workhorse, uh, workhorse level usage. And now 
turning that into elite production against decent matchups. And he has good matchups all the way through Week 16. We just have to hope that Mitchell Trubisky doesn't lose his job because he's, ever since Trubisky came back, Montgomery has been has been doing great. And he loves checking down to Montgomery. The matchups are beautiful. He, the only running back, I think, in this whole league who has better matchups down the stretch than David Montgomery is Derrick Henry. Hence why he's my fantasy MVP choice. Oh, would you be quiet about Derrick Henry? Because he only got 5.9 fantasy points this week. That's that's your fantasy MVP choice. I told you. I said this would be his last tough uh, his last tough matchup. The Browns have been good against running backs, so I, I I said I was kind of worried about this matchup. But he's good down the stretch, which is why he's going to win leagues, which is why he will be the fantasy MVP. Oh sure, sure. Like he barely outscores your terrible flex pick in Chase Claypool. Like that's bad, bro. That's freaking bad. And this like I you cannot it, like. Devontae Adams is definitely in the lead right now in our little contest to see who gets the fantasy MVP. But you are you really going to say that Derrick Henry is going to look more like this down the stretch than he is how I'm predicting? Mm, I don't like agreeing with you, but, <laughs> but no, you are right. You are right. This was an anomaly. Um, Derrick Henry will not look like this down the stretch. But, hey, this one was a win for me. Let me have it. I... Won't. I won't. This was an anomaly. I'm sorry for all of you who have Derrick Henry. I hope this doesn't prevent you from making it to the playoffs because if you do make it to the playoffs, he will win you your league. In the same game, you had Kareem Hunt and you had Nick Chubb. This is this is Nick Chubb's offense. It just is. 17.6 fantasy points for Nick Chubb. More than double what Hunt was able to do with 8.7 fantasy points. Chubb is the only Cleveland running back you can trust moving forward. Like, Hunt keeps having single-digit outings. Like, set it, forget it, leave Chubb in, leave Hunt out. Hunt is not even a flex play for me uh, next week against the Ravens. Get him on your bench. And another quick one, Cam Akers, 16.4 fantasy points. Insane. He got 71% of the running back touches in Los Angeles, which... When I say that, it doesn't sound like a lot. We, we're talking about guys like Derrick Henry, David Montgomery. We talk about these guys who get upwards of 90%, um, 90 plus percent of the running back touches. But this is the Los Angeles Rams. They've been in a three-man rotation all season for as long as they've been healthy. 71% is the highest percentage that any single Rams running back has had of the running back touches when all three of Akers, Henderson, and Brown are healthy. Now, Henderson did leave this game briefly, but he came back. And Henderson looked good when he was in, which is always worrisome because Sean McVay does seem to like going with the hot hand, but McVay seems dead set on getting Akers more consistently involved. And Akers now has two straight weeks of 14-plus fantasy points Spoiler alert, we're going to be bringing him up in a later segment. Wide receiver notes. Uh, do you have, do you want to kick this one off since I've been talking for a bit? Yeah. You're hogging the mic over there, bro. Over there. We're right here. We're in the same chair. We're not in the same chair. Why, why are you trying to sit in my chair? I'm not sitting in your chair. I'm sitting on a freaking yoga ball. I'm not, I'm not sitting in your chair. I'm, just get off my yoga ball. <laughs> can you just talk about wide receivers? I can. I can't talk about wide receivers. Tyreek Hill. 
14.8 fantasy points. Not bad. Not bad. But that is not enough. This is a guy who is trying to make the case for fantasy MVP over uh, Samuel's boy, Derrick Henry, and my guy, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, by the way, who got 34.1 fantasy points. Like, making a strong case for fantasy MVP. I am way in the lead in that particular contest. And so, with a 14.8 game, like, it's good, but it won't set him apart from those other two. But you know what would? A 25.8 fantasy point game, which is what he should have had. And let me tell you, this was a rare, rare miss these days by replay officials. Like, stuff like this doesn't happen anymore because replay is so commonly and so consistently used. Tyreek Hill definitely caught a 40-yard touchdown pass. That was one of the most unbelievable, and I mean literally, literally the most unbelievable plays that I have ever seen on a football field. You need to go watch this catch. I don't care if you are a football fan or not. You need to go back, watch the video of Tyreek Hill's 40-yard touchdown pass catch that did not happen because it was it was amazing. It was absolutely unbelievable. He didn't even realize he caught it. That's how great it was. Now, that is 11 points off of Hill's fantasy day with the with the point for the reception, the 6 points for the touchdown, and the 40 points for the yards. That's 25.8 points. And as far as I'm concerned, he's looking a lot better than Derrick Henry. Shut up about Derrick Henry. We've moved on from Derrick Henry. Fine. But Tyreek Hill still looking like the second best wide receiver in fantasy across the board, like just pure consistent talent, always catching touchdowns, great stuff. Um, I have a wide receiver to jump in on Jarvis Landry because I want to brag for a second. That's right. I said last week that you should fire up Jarvis Landry after he proved his value in a 28.3 effort against Jacksonville and your faith in me and in him, sure, but like mainly your faith in me paid off because Tennessee's defense has been porous to opposing wide receivers. Jarvis Landry gets you 20.2 fantasy points his second week in a row, getting more than 20 fantasy points. And like, this is this is something that we know moving forward. Start your wide receivers against Tennessee's defense because Tennessee has been red hot as far as their offense goes, at least typically. The, the Browns did pretty good at shutting them down, but even not towards the end of the game. Tennessee still manages to put up uh, 30 plus points in that game. So... With Tennessee's offense humming, especially when Derrick Henry is on, uh, teams are going to have to be playing often from a negative game script, and Tennessee's pass defense ain't great. Start your wide receivers, and your quarterbacks for that matter, against Tennessee. And so here's the thing. I know Jarvis Landry and the Browns are hot, but do not trust Jarvis Landry the next couple weeks against Baltimore and the Giants. Jarvis Landry still hasn't had a ton of success outside of the past two weeks, and both of the past two weeks have been against exploitable defenses. Uh, Baltimore and the Giants. The Giants, by the way, just got to have to stop the wide receiver notes for a second to throw some respect at the Giants for shutting down Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. We're not even going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks in this uh, podcast because we only talk about fantasy-relevant football teams on this podcast because that's all we have time for. And that's right, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks did not make the list. DK Metcalf still had a decent game. Okay, fine. But his 13.8 fantasy point game is not worth us bringing up outside of mentioning it right then, which kind of defeats the purpose. Anyway, moving on. Uh, you have another wide receiver that you want to talk about? I do, in fact. Uh, on the other side of the ball, actually, in that game, Corey Davis, 35.2 fantasy points. It was not A.J. Brown. 
It was definitely not Samuel's Derrick Henry. Shut Derrick, just stop about Derrick Henry. Okay, okay. He just comes up a lot. Um, it was neither of them who got all the fantasy points out of this offense, but it was Corey Davis who came out of nowhere. And if you started him, he won you your week. I still personally trust A.J. Brown the most out of Tennessee pass catchers, but this is further proof that Tannehill will spread the ball around, especially in the red zone and around the end zone. Davis caught two touchdowns in this game, but often the tight ends get involved with this. And of course, Jonu Smith wasn't playing this game because of his bum knee. Uh, Ferkser was a little bit involved but Ferkser is not someone who I necessarily want to trust whether Jonu Smith is in or out of the game. Ultimately, it is tough to predict any Tennessee pass catchers, which is why as much as I hate to admit that Samuels is right, the rest of the season, this offense runs through Derrick Henry. It just does. And uh, unless, unless Corey Davis does it again next week, It'll be really tough to justify starting him. He does have Detroit next week, which is great. And after that, he has Jacksonville and Green Bay. So if he does it again against Detroit, fire him up against Jacksonville. And if he does it against Jacksonville, fire him up against Green Bay. Hey, maybe Corey Davis is the league winner that we have been looking for. All right, one last guy who I do not want you to be fooled by. Henry Ruggs, 17.4 fantasy points. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Leave him on waivers. Do not worry about him. He is not the number one wide receiver in Vegas. He, that is either Hunter Renfrow or Nelson Aguilar. He is definitely not the number one pass catcher in Vegas because that is still obviously Darren Waller, who got 45 freaking fantasy points in this game. Unheard of for a tight end not named Travis Kelsey. Like, that is crazy. Ruggs got 78% of his fantasy points in the fourth quarter. He only caught one pass before the fourth quarter. And 67% of his fantasy points came on literally the final improbable play of the game that Greg Williams was so bad at, at play calling on defense that he literally got fired, fired for that one bad play that Henry Ruggs got 67% of his fantasy points on. He only had four targets in a game that Derek Carr threw the ball a lot. Do not trust Henry Ruggs moving forward. And speaking of other tight ends, we actually have one more tight end for you. Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki. Yes, we know. Darren Waller is Darren Waller. We really have nothing to say about him. We know he had a prolific game, but... I'm more interested in Mike Gesicki because he might still be available in leagues. We'll check in with that in a bit. Remember, we do waiver stuff on Tuesday. 23.8 fantasy points for Mike Gesicki. I was worried. His, I was honestly, and I talked about this uh, when we talked about his game last week. I was worried his production would go down when Fitzmagic left uh, under center and, and when Tua took back over. But Tua looked at the big guy early and often. 11 targets for Mike Gesicki, which is huge for a tight end. Like, that's that's the kind of Eric Ebron level of consistency over the past couple games that, that, that we're looking for. And this might be Gesicki's job for the rest of of the of the regular season. Like, it, Tua seems to trust him. Uh, he and, and Ebron seem to be solidified as consistent pieces of their respective offenses. I, and I actually think they're pretty comparable. They're both very trusted in the red zone as well by their quarterbacks. Uh, the only problem is Ebron has three other receiving weapons to compete with in, in Pittsburgh. Gesicki, his only real competitor for targets is Devontae Parker. And, well, and Devontae Parker did leave towards the end of that game because of that brawl. Also, Brutal hit on a completely defenseless punt returner. That was uncalled for. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, Devontae Parker, the only competition for Mike Gesicki. Uh, we're not hearing much out of the Dolphins organization regarding the return of Preston Williams. We know Tua was connecting with Williams a lot uh, when Tua first started. So that could be something to look at if Preston Williams comes back. He is eligible to come off of IR as of this week. I don't think it's going to happen because we're not really hearing much about it. But hey, it might, and that is certainly something to keep an eye on. What do you know? We might actually have a, uh, a podcast that, that hits our regular half hour. It's amazing. We're not wasting our listeners' time. I know, I know. Like, I'm just as surprised and impressed as you. We are going to get to our favorite part of our Tuesday podcast, and that is waiver claims. And we are actually in agreement on this very first waiver claim. Do you want to take... Oh, we didn't do a live read. Oh, my God. That's why we have so much time. We always do live reads. Um... Live read. Uh, boy, uh, plastic Ziploc bags. No, no, we can't. We can't use an actual name of brand. Oh God. Okay, plastic bags that when you press them, they seal at the top. Sealable plastic bags. Put your sandwiches in them. Uh, put 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 a, a fruit in it that you only half ate because you want it to stay fresh in the fridge. Uh, seal up plastic bags. You already have them, and I don't know why we would need a live read on it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, though. You, uh, you really nailed that live read. Waiver claims. We are moving into waiver claims. Uh, again, we were in total agreement on this first one. He is the number one waiver pick. I think he's going to be the number one waiver pick across the board. Cam Akers, baby. We talked about him earlier. I talked about him earlier, so we won't go into him much, but... He is definitely 100% the number one waiver ad this week. He could be a workhorse back. Could be. I still think it's more of a split, but hey, it's slim pickings on the waiver wires, and this late in the season, you don't usually have this opportunity. He's available in about 65% of leagues. Check to see if he's available in yours. My uh, my first waiver pick after that is Kiki Cutie. Kiki Cutie, 22.1 fantasy points this past week. We were wondering if another Houston wide receiver would step up. We were thinking it might be him, but like, man, not on this level. He led the team in targets. His nine targets made him Deshaun's favorite target on the day. Uh, He got all 22.1 of those fantasy points without a single touchdown, which means his usage was through the roof, and you love to see that. You love to see that, especially the first game without Will Fuller. So even if, even if, because I don't think Kiki Cutie's the number one wide receiver in this office. I think it's still Brandon Cooks. I think the Colts have a great pass defense. They've proven that in the past, and I think they focused on trying to shut down Brandon Cooks because they knew that he would be the main weapon. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. The Houston Texans can support two wide receivers. They've done it pretty much all season, at least since Bill O'Brien was fired, with both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Now, it's just Brandon Cooks and Kiki Cutie. And I'm looking forward to this. He is available still in a lot of leagues. I think close to 80%, 90% in some. So uh, find Kiki Cutie, get him on your team. I think his usage will actually be really good moving forward for the rest of the season. And I am about to be a hypocrite. Fun. I love it when you are. So, <laughs> Corey Davis. I know I just said you can't trust him, especially not next week because I it's just it's hard to predict those Tennessee pass catchers. But fantasy football is funny. And uh even though I'm down on him, like and even though I think Sunday's a fluke, Waiver wires are slim pickings, and he's available in 45% of leagues. And if he proves that he can sustain this production, 
then you're going to want him on your roster. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mike Gesicki, another guy we talked about earlier, he's available in only about 35% of, of leagues, but a lot of teams only carry one tight end around this time of the season, so he might be available in your league. And that wraps us up. That was it. Waiver claims, baby. Let's do this. Let's do what? We just, we finished our analysis. What are we let's do this-ing? I don't know. I'm, I got hyped. I got hyped about, about, us, uh, about us finishing this podcast in a decent amount of time. As always, please follow us on, uh, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can subscribe on all of those different mediums. You can follow us on the We Know Fantasy platform at We Know Fantasy on Twitter or www.weknowfantasy.com. Find us on everything, on Instagram, at, at Leighton Samuels Official, disgusting, but you know, you'll remember it, Leighton Samuels Official, or on Twitter, at LT Schlamuels. Yeah, have fun spelling that one. We will see you on Friday. Have a good week, and good luck tonight, finishing out week 13 of your fantasy football seasons. Get in the playoffs, win that league. See you, folks.